Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Mac. We were afraid that Brian was uh, going to be silent tonight, having gone through teragenesis and developed a, a voice that would destroy with the merest whisper. <laughs> but as it turns out, he's actually able to be with us. <laughs> hey. Thanks, Mac. And we have Ian with us. Greetings. The dimensions have stabilized, so we should be able to communicate tonight. It has been technically challenged this evening. <laughs> and we have Matt. Uh, did I say Mad Cat? Mad Cat? <laughs> Mad Cat. Hello, hello. And I'm still alive, and I have not died from falling onto that gravel yet. <laughs> and we have the dumbass himself. Hey, doing this podcast for y'all has my pants feeling magnetite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Mega not sure I wanted to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That's not the worst thing he's ever said that you've heard. That is true. That, that is well. true. <laughs> wow. How is everybody? This is the first podcast of the year. First podcast. <sighs> and actually, by the time this one comes out, we will, as a podcast, have hit our 10th anniversary. Wow. Wow. So that's um, January 26th or something like that, that we started this whole weird thing 10 years ago. Wow. I was about to say by the time this one comes out, it'll actually be 2021. <laughs> well, that, you know what? That's a distinct possibility. <laughs> no, that's when I'll get the picture done. Oh, well, we have a lot of stuff with that artwork at this point. I, 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 I've kind of just, uh, I, I'm one behind, and then this too, when you include this one. Um I got caught up there, but I have one more from last year to put out. Yep. So we'll get that done. Well, you know how much the uh, you and how much the listeners like it when you put out, Brian. Yep. <laughs> oh, okay. Brian's good at putting out, I hear. <laughs> and I got nothing to sell tonight, guys. Wow. Yay! But you know, you know, our, our listeners are so, more. So no, nobody has to any longer buy any of Ian's books. No, 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 no. You're more than welcome to go to Amazon, put Brazy Cannon into the search engine, and buy everything they can find um, on my author's page. I'm, I'm all for that. I'm uh, you know, I have a complaint about that, Ian. Uh, do you, uh, do I... you have an Ian Brazy Cannon plushie that I can buy? Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> if I thought there was a market for it, I could look into it. Oh God! You know, I have a I have a problem with what you said there, Ian. Um, I did go and do a search for Brazy Cannon, and uh, what I found was a gun that shoots molten brass, a brazing cannon. So oh, apparently God. they, uh, apparently the, apparently the search algorithms may be off, maybe slightly. Well, this is not the year when Max jokes get better. That is true. <laughs> In fact, that that's probably that's probably true of the whole. The jokes will not get better this year for the podcast in general. I I suspect. <laughs> I assume his New Year's resolution is to make sure his jokes don't get any better. Actually, my New Year's resolution is nineteen twenty by ten eighty. Is, is that what you'd like to run your monitors at? That's my resolution. Yes. So so you're still behind what the what the average is nineteen twenty. Not surprising. God damn, that's a. <laughs> Can't you at least get to 900 by, uh, what was it, by 1,200? Something, something nice, you know, widescreen resolution? Um, you may not be interpreting what I said correctly. Probably not. 900 by 1,200 would be far lower resolution. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, why can't, can't you can't you get up to something, you know, to something decent? Okay. Did you say 19? I said 1920 oh, by 1080. Mind. 
I, I heard. I, I I thought you were saying like nine hundred by like really low. Uh, oh, okay, no. Okay, no. <laughs> You're right. No. I I missed it. Yeah, uh, I'm like, okay. wait a minute. That's still, you know, considering. I think I've got like an old monitor around here. You care for some like uh, uh, six forty by four eighty? There we go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. But you know the, these new monitors that work that were running are like thirty two hundred by something. Yeah, I'm, I'm not there yet, but. I'm not sure that would actually fit in my desk. But we also uh, like upgrade to to 800 by 600. That'll blow you away. <laughs> I thought I thought that's the joke he was making, but uh, but I was wrong. No. <laughs> All right. Hey, Medcat. What time is it? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. But if you're going to ask me, I'm going to ask you. What time is it? It's time. I want the time. I want the time. It, it, it is time for. It is time. Ian and dumbasses masturbation moment brought to you by the dumbass media empire facilitated this week by mad cat herself the amateur skeptics present Ian's masturbation moment brought to you by the dumbass media empire the dumbass media empire bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves The Madcat herself? Apparently, Madcat wants to talk about erectile dysfunction. Please, go ahead. What's wrong with your reptiles? <laughs> Actually, the reptiles are doing very well since the dysfunction went away. Good. Thank you. So what do we got here? This is this is what? Um, gems? More gem stuff. Gems for, oh, it's gems for erectile dysfunction. So, so, we're, so this is like crystal healing types of crap? Yeah, I realized after I put it in that we had already done that. Oh, many yeah, times, but you know what? It, you, you, it, this is an oldie but goodie. Yeah, and there's a little bit more in that, I think. Well, Are we talking about know, the, the crystal dildos? Not this time. So this no. Time, we're talking this is, about this when is, I get that feeling I need crystal sexual healing. This time we're mm-hmm. actually talking about cures for... This is, this is ways to cure crystal. erectile dysfunction. So this, this gentleman... Well, I mean, dumbass. Tell me, tell me about the, this this fine gentleman. Uh, what what is his name? Muth. Uh, I'm Muthu? having trouble uh, opening the page right now, so you're gonna have to ask somebody else. Muthu Ashraf. Didn't I ask? Oh, I asked dumbass. I I mean, I meant I meant to ask Madcat. Madcat, tell me about this gentleman. Um, I'm trying to get into the stuff right now. Apparently, <laughs> one of the one of the possible problems you can have is loss of semen through urine. Mm-hmm. And the way to combat that is by using a pearl. Hey, and yes. I, I, I'm just glad that there's an astrology connection in here as well. Any yes, of these crystals uh, improve internet access. Well, Dude, doesn't that go with the toy that we talked about that one time that you can also, you know, use as a video game, video game uh, machine, plus call for pizza afterwards? <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> you, you, I, I, I does. Does he, as a trained urologist, know that uh, that the basically the urine and the semen they kind of mutually exclude one another? I mean, they go through the same channel with their valves and stuff. Yeah, I have a weird feeling there might not be any real science to a lot of the stuff here. Yeah, but what what there is is a magnificent pair of eyebrows. <laughs> so he's got a fantastic pair of eyebrows on him. All right. Mental instability. That is a glaring color of green for the background he chose there. So, yeah. Well, I, it, it matches the glaring eyes. So, 
The name mm. of the site, the name of the site is cosmicgems.blogspot.com. So yeah. you can see right from the start here where where this is kind of going. Right? Yeah. So so based on so based on obviously source, obviously a top-notch highly credible source here well according to his own blog he is a trained urologist sexologist and psychologist trained by who no idea what's the guy's name i can't pronounce that <laughs> muthu, muthu ashraf muthu Athrash. we're talking about here muthu? wow mad cat have you got well, maybe he's not he's the dragon oh off God. of uh you know so um i was trained i was trained by some guy met him in the woods had classes every day. No, he, he taught I, me I'm the sorry. art of love. I don't think he's making that claim. I think he's saying that's actually who should go and have diagnosed your disorder, which seems <laughs> to be kind of just the opposite of promoting these crystals here. But wait, well, wait, you don't. Yeah, think but that... if you look at the prior post, you know, you can also use gems to get pregnant. Okay, uh, is somebody, is, is somebody going to tell me specifically about this page, Mad Cat? Is there anything specific? Well, I don't oh, know. Oh, until I get him to buy <laughs> So basically, what I'm reading here, he's actually saying go to a real doctor to diagnose your ED problem and the causes of it, but don't listen to the doctor when it comes to how to fix it. Instead, come back here and pick the right gem because that's the way it's supposed to work. I okay. found this out, you know, just by experimentation. I found out by, like, holding on to a long, hard gem, fiddling around with it. Suddenly, <laughs> my, my erectile dysfunction was all gone. It, it worked like a charm. <sighs> just rubbing my hands over that long hard gem <laughs> uh, you, you, you might want to you know like rub it against your face it's a little bit too. <laughs> yeah he did let me say what you're supposed to do with the gems as far as I can figure um but I suppose that determines your kink there's certain things you could do with them that might arouse you in the proper ways so far we don't even have a segment here this has been like a total total <laughs> disconnect from the, from the actual material uh, it's fun though. I'm just a little bit <laughs> offset here because I'm trying to get into now. And if you're talking about <laughs> if you're talking about being aroused in the proper way, uh, I would recommend that we actually look toward uh, you know more Victorian stuff for the proper way. But he does say before using the gemstones and crystals, you might also like to have a look at your astro chart and occult frame. Yes, he does. Mm. Yes, he does. So. And I, I forget. Um, I, I should look up because he's talking about the seventh house. What is the seventh house? No. That's what the moon goes into when Jupiter aligns with Mars. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Jupiter I'm, aligning. With every Mars. everything I know about astrology came from the musical hair. Is that a problem? <laughs> that, that's well, no. I mean, realistically, it's it's it's, it's as valid as, as what anybody else has to say about it, right? Yeah. I don't. I don't have. Well, it, you know, it, it it dawns the age of Aquarius. So, a weak moon in Scorpio sign or in Cancer makes you enjoy sex mentally rather than physically. So the seventh house is about. Oh, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> the seventh house is about angular momentum and is often associated. And it is in in the in the default chart is associated with Libra. So you got to figure that the seventh house is is gun is got to be about balance. Right. So when you look back at what he's saying, what what is he saying about the uh, about More the thrust. seventh house? What the fuck? Planets occupying the seventh house, the position of the Lord of the seventh, and the position of Venus influence how a penis functions. Oh, he's not talking about the same astrology I learned. He's talking about about mm -hmm. the Indian version of astrology. So 
nothing that I know makes any sense. In, in, so, in other so. words, um, his astrology is, is is his astrology then tied into the chakras and things like that. I, I think that I, that's, I'm asking I, is that if that's I, the I, case. I think that that's I think that might actually be true. There really is two branches of astrology, and and I really do think that he is talking about the. Um, and and one of them is kind of a, a Western branch, and and then there's the and then there's another branch that, um, and I suspect that, and I and I don't remember the split as well as I used to, but I think that that is really where he's going, and I suspect that you're right that it probably does have more to do with chakras and stuff like that. He, he, he goes into well, he, he does have a list here of the kind of stones that uh, like. Uh, what could be causing erectile dysfunction, and what kind of stones might cure? Okay, them. but but we should lay out the the whole thing here. So first, he he's he. I mean, well, what is he saying? He says ED explained. So what what is he telling us in this ED explained section? Well, what? he's saying it's a condition where a male cannot maintain hard erection, which is true. Right. So let's see. Uh, experience... It's interchangeably used with male impotence, um, which I don't I don't think that's quite interchangeable, but. Whereas ED is one such feature of male impotence. The latter consists of many features, among others, loss of libido, prolonged and imposed celibacy, castration, or damage to the penis. I would have thought that ED was the catch-all and that, it, and that the causes would be the, would be the different variants, right? Because it, it, That would kind of be my take on it, too, but... But, he's, but he definitely, he's, he's making a... So he's looking at flaccid... Being the primary, and then and then he's breaking subcategories from there, and so and so I am not yeah. I'm not sure about um, the the type of medicine he's practicing to begin with. And yeah. So so he so um, he does establish what he thinks it is, and in some of it he talks about age being being a factor, and and he does have some, and I, and of course we're not fact checking any of his information, but so of adults five to ten percent. I do want to I do want to ask you about one thing you said, Brian. Okay. You said that there are two branches of astrology. Is it not true, though, that scientifically speaking, both those branches are on a bonsai tree? <laughs> uh, they might as well be. <laughs> no, no, Mac, it's like your family tree. It doesn't branch. But I'm Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> too, soon to, too soon to be talking about my family. Oh, I'm, I'm, I apologize. All right. Anyway, Leon McDuff. <laughs> uh, um, so okay so the next uh, the, the crystal section here is kind of short considering that you know it says uh, oh this is properties causing ED to turn uh, what do we got here so the, there's the can, can the crystal cause the problem once a proper cause for ED is determined you can use gems and crystals to assist in getting over this nagging problem but here, yep. here it sounds like ED is the is the top header, and that the rest of them are the causes, right, Matt? Yeah, yeah. That, that he breaks it down into some interesting causes. So it's not an exhaustive list. Okay, I see. So once you know whether your cause is psychological, um, psycho psycho psychological, Physi so, oh, physiological, physiological, psychological, psychological, or other, or psychological. Whatever the fuck ambient issue is, is a whole uh, other state of voodoo? That's voodoo. Always okay. voodoo. My favorite <laughs> might be the occult, which I think would also be voodoo. Before voodoo? using these gems, you might also have to look at your astro chart. Mm. Actually, there's quite a bit here. But like I say, I don't think that I, – I actually do not think he's doing Western astrology. I think that he is doing um, uh, another Loss of, of semen through urine. I've never heard of that before. 
Yeah, I'd mentioned that already. Yeah, that's a weird one. Is that a real problem, or is that just something he made up? I think that's something he made up. And I wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't completely and understand what they had to do with ED. Lost the semen. Oh, I was going to say. To be quite honest, semen doesn't have nearly as much to do with erectile dysfunction yeah. as as you know. Uh, semen is the magic fluid, though, that makes a man a man. <laughs> yeah, it but you a... don't need that to get an erection. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that is true. This That's like, the whole thing. It's like can the prostate. Well, if, if if you're peeing out all of your semen, uh, pearl is good for that. Apparently. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Specifically, yellow and red red tinged pearls. Apparently. Wait, how that, do you get the how do you get the pearl in there? So that but that would be a fertility mm-hmm. problem, not an ED problem, right? Yeah, that, that, it would be a fertility problem. That's what I would think. Although prolonged erection apparently somehow is listed here as an ED problem. I guess oh, te- too prolonged an erection. I'm right. sorry. What is? I, yeah, I guess I, that, too prolonged an erection, according to what I have seen in commercials and uh, in the movie Forty Year Old Version, is uh, an erection lasting more than four to eight hours. I guess maybe erectile dysfunction is not just flaccid. I mean, if you have a, if you have if you have a an erection for over four hours, could that also go into the category of an erectile dysfunction? Are, are, we, are we misinterpreting what erectile dysfunction is here? No, it, it's erectile dysfunction is if if the shit that used to work don't work now. So that's a pretty that's pretty broad. Yeah, uh, that can also be covered under your shit's fucked up. Okay, so this is from coloplastmenshealth dot com. So coloplast. So and they say. The occasional uh, Sydney, come here. The occasional does not need to be bugged. Difficulty in getting or keeping an erection is normal. Well, but that doesn't that isn't quite the what I'm looking for. That's the cause. Um, it starts to become a problem when you have when you regularly are having issues maintaining erection. So, so this specifically is saying that erectile dysfunction has to do with with um, staying and maintaining hardness of the penis. According to this to this site. Oh, that's a Huffington Post. Sorry, guys. What? I, okay. I, I don't know. Which this, one are you? Doing? <laughs> uh, I don't know. This, this it's not going anywhere. What, what's what's this crystals for sex stuff? May uh, uh, can we get more here out of this? More well, out of this. Well, hold on a second. <clears throat> okay. Before we <clears throat> before we head over there, uh, I'd like you guys to look at the comments on this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tell me about the comments. Comments are awesome. Read because me. apparently among the people commenting was Viagra. <laughs> oh my god, he doesn't he's getting comment spam. Yep. Is is it is this just spam? No, Oh it's, yeah, it's all, it's 100% spam. All of these are spam and they're all for erectile dysfunction drugs. Yep. Oh my god, that's fantastic. So the only comments he has are spam comments for erectile dysfunction drugs on his ED well, post. <laughs> and the only the only other only other post that he's got on this blog is a is one other post about gems for pregnancy. Wait, is is that true? It says it goes yes. back. This this is from two. This is from um, November twenty seventeen. What what it says that he's got thirty three posts in twenty in. T- See, this is from two thousand seven. And then uh, in 2017, May... Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry, I looked at older posts and I only found the one, so apparently I was... Yeah, because here's one. The, the, his last post is from Wednesday the 10th, May Okay. 2017. So he's a, 
He's a more prolific blogger than I suspected. He was, not anymore. His last blog is The Five Benefits of the Buddhism Mind, which might be might be better than his erectile dysfunction stuff. You have to remember, I got this information as a concept from The Good Place. Okay. something Michael said. What did he say? Uh, the character... Um, the character Michael. Mike, that's, yeah. the, uh, that's the demon that was first trying to get them. Yep. Sean? Yeah. yeah, anyway... He mentioned that somewhere in the on the internet there must be some kind of prevent erectile dysfunction uh, crystals that prevent erectile dysfunction. Oh, so you <laughs> so you were looking for that. And when you see when you see something like that, and you find this, you gotta wonder if the uh, if the writer found it first and threw that in there as a as something to point people at it, or if. They just happened to think of something, and it was already out there. So there's a yeah. – I mean, okay, here's a ton of crap that I just found. So if, if you Google um, crystals to pre, uh, prevent ED, um, the first one that comes up, how crystals can enhance your sex life your or your sexual health, preventing uh, – except for the one for preventing erectile dysfunctions from WebMD. So that one actually probably is a reasonably good article. Um, crystals that prevent erectile dysfunction. So here's a, here's another one. Um, crystals for sleep, for which uh, for which to avoid in your bedroom. Oh, and which so which crystals will help you sleep, and which ones not to put in your bedroom. So, if it, I think that that's I'm if, gonna if, step away for a minute, guys. Oh, I can't get to one of those. Um, so, if if you were if what kind of crystals do we think would help us make us sleep? Ones to make us sleep. Hmm. <clears throat> well, I could probably look at look that up in the Crystal Bible, apparently. Hmm. Crystals that prevent erectile dysfunction. Here's another one. I can't get. Well, let's those. see if they have it in the uh, library. A lot of these, most of these sites for me are blocked because of my, because of all my ad, my software. Um, they're they're actually very Sorry. terrible sites. Let's see. Log into my library. It's just logging. What what with library? I, yeah. So what what is this? T- tell me about crystals for sex. Start there, Mad Cat. Crystals for sex. Uh. Now you're Basically. supposed to hold them while you have sex, or uh, or put one up your use ass them for to have sexual implements. You can use the crystals. Specific crystals give you a specific form of joy. Uh, apparently, uh, so can bring you friendship, can bring you pleasure, can okay. family togetherness. What the fuck? <laughs> so this says orange-colored crystals bring you joy, friendship, yeah. pleasure. And family togetherness. So, what what is an example of an orange crystal? What, what I mean, what are we looking at? Oh, orange sapphires. Okay. Tangerine well, quartz. Look at sapphires, carnelian. See, we're uh, talking about, but that's all this says. Wait, is that is, yeah. that, is, is that all that that we get out of this too? Well, let's take a look at different. Uh, it doesn't have all of the uh, orange crystals. I. The, you know what, what? What I find stupid, particularly about this site, is that they got the crystals broken up into colors. So, mm-hmm. so they the, don't have the, the, the only thing that seems to matter is the color of the crystal to these people. Not, not the, not the, not, not the mineral construction. Just the color. Actually, everything I click on, I get the same damn article. I clicked on blue and got the same damn thing. Um, if I click on green, it says that there's 101 here. And I get the same thing. I can't. This site doesn't even work. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. this is interesting. Ancient warriors wore carnelian around their neck, 
for courage and physical power to conquest their enemies. In Egypt, it was worn by master architects to show their rank of builder, and alchemists of the Middle Ages used it to, as a boiling stone to activate the energy of other Chalcedonians. Okay. All right, so Brian, what you want to do is you want to backtrack. Go to Crystal Reference Guide. Then you can kind of start finding this stuff. Because apparently white crystals are what you want to use for ambition. Because okay. they will bring you success, enthusiasm, happiness, and power. Okay. I actually happen to have a piece of fluorite in front of me that's a very pretty thing. And uh, it's blue. So what, it's kind of a blue-green. What's that going to do for me? Blue-green. Ah, uh, teal. Yeah, you, why not? What, what's this doing for me? And it's kind of, and it's definitely been cut, you know, and, uh, you know, so, but, but it's, but it's, it's lovely. So what, what is that going to do for me? All right. So we go to colors and you want a blue green. Um, I do not see a blue green. There's amethyst, black, blue, brown, clear, olive, multi, indigo, green, gold, orange, pink, red. Scarlet, silver, yellow, white, violet, turquoise. So okay. Probably turquoise. turquoise. So, so go to, okay, turquoise. Yeah, sure. Let's try that. And it doesn't tell you what it does. It just shows you what they have for sale. Cool. So you have to go back through all the different things. Of what you're tr I guess that's the idea. You figure out what you're trying for and look for the color, and then you can go shopping for it. So that's how the site is set up. So first you figure out what your problem is you're trying to solve, and that'll tell you what color you need. Then you go to the colors, and you click on the color thing, and that'll um, show you what crystals they have for sale. To fix Filled those with energy of confidence, teal healing crystals are known as a symbol of truth, a powerhouse of good fortune and positivity. Explore the astrological chakra and metaphysical powers of gemstones by color teal to regain your life today. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, that's fine. <sighs> namu, namu, namu. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Namu, namu. So when, when I saw this stuff in here, I immediately said, okay, I, I remembered seeing this article, and and it was in so it was in the back of my mind for a while, and and so I I was one of the things I I actually was I was interested. Um, can you still have an orgasm with a flaccid penis? And so I, I found this article: four reasons why soft penises aren't undesired or are let's see underrated. I'm sorry, four reasons why soft penises are underrated. And th this is. I mean, a woman could still ride that, and and that's one of the things that it says in here. So it gives it gives four reasons, four things here to to think about for people who do have ED. So basically, it, it's not the end of your sex life if you cannot get an erection. Right. It it does mean that there you, things would have to change, and and so yeah. and, um and so there's a a couple of different things um and it says so let's see the number one myth um. Of a soft cock is that a man is not feeling desire, and and this was kind of an important thing that that just because a man isn't erect doesn't mean that he's not interested. That 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 an erection is not the only way that you can tell if a man is is interested, right? Just because that their their penis is flaccid does not mean that they're not interested in having some sort of sex or or <laughs> that kind of closeness. And so they they so you don't that, have to look for the gun in the pocket all the time, right? That that's what it's saying. And so they're. So they're they're saying you know get over that 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 that's the you know that that's not that that's not the only thing you know that they should be looking for. Um, see, soft cocks can feel pleasure and have orgasms. So just because the cock isn't erect does not mean that it, that it's not going to be able to 
to you know to, to feel pleasure and to have an orgasm. Um, let's see. It says men are always expected to penetrate and not and not receive, and so this is suggesting that looking at some other dynamics. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it um, outright says it, but you know, I, I think you know anal sex, right? And maybe maybe it does say that. Um, and the next one, um, preventing ED. Let's see. Yeah. So basically, the the bottom line is that there's there is actually a lot of ways to have sex, and and an erect penis is not the only way. Right. And if you really want an erect penis, you get you know uh, something to put on it to keep it erect. Just give it some crutches. Well, and, but yeah, I mean, the, what the, what you're what you're trying to say, Mad Cat, is crystals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> crystal crutches. Yeah, the, the crystal things are dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I actually, I was thinking about it while I was stepped away, and isn't the Sex Crystals the name of an old punk band? Sex Pistols. Sex Pistols. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, different thing. Anyway, so I, I thought I thought I thought this was interesting. In fact, for me. More interesting than even the crystal stuff is, you know, that, that I mean, that erectile dysfunction, uh, it seems like a, this this scary thing, and especially in our culture, it's made out to, to sound like this horrible thing, but it, it's, not well, the, it, it's not the end. In, it, our, in our culture, it is a horrible thing because your whole, a man's whole identity is tied to his, his you know, wang. in a lot of ways, right. it's, it's tied to his wang, yeah. But this article is saying get over it. And, and yeah. get I think it. I think and I heard what? like uh, estimates range up to ninety percent of men. I think will have experienced uh, some uh, erectile difficulty uh, over the course of their sex life. Sure. And if you're worried about it, just go to Bad Dragon. They have a whole bunch of stuff that helps out anyway. Bad Dragon has great oh, products. Yeah. Um, I you know I'm I'm I guess I guess the word that I'm missing in this article here that I would like to see is I'd like to see the word intimacy in. I, w- I would tend to agree with that. I think it kind of gets there when it's talking about um, how women connect their hearts to their vaginas and why can't men connect their hearts to their, their penises. It does kind of dance around it, but you're right. I think that they could have gone straight there, and, and they, they would have been better off for it. Our hearts to our vaginas? What does it say in that? I, 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 um, it does say that. I saw that too. Um, I, I don't deny that you probably saw it. I'm just... Trying to <laughs> paragraph <sighs> paragraph three as a sec, end of sex end of paragraph as a sex educator I spend a lot of time talking to women about connecting their hearts to their vaginas. What if men got to connect their hocks to their hearts too? Well, they'd probably get better blood flow. <laughs> I I do think that this this is we're looking at. I mean, I think they're dancing around intimacy there, but uh, I, I think do. they're dancing around it. But why not say the word? I agree. I. I yeah, and you know, I mean, and I think the answer is that that the author is just not sim- simply not feeling close enough to us to use that word. That could be. I heart my cock. <laughs> you put a heart on your cock. Yes. Let's let's focus yeah. not on getting hard ons, but on getting heart ons. <laughs> All right. What, Ian, what, <laughs> what, what's it? What, what, what's it? Uh, Hallmark Channel reverse decision to uh, pull same sex couple commercial. So yeah, last podcast we talked about the whole um, Hallmark fun thing of um, what's the name of the company Zola. The Zola commercial had the same sex couple and one million moms protesting that. Well, basically, that 
right after um, we record that podcast, the next day, Walmart reversed uh, Hallmark reversed their decision. So we're taking credit. Uh, yes, the, we this are. is all due to us. <laughs> it is. We, we did it, guys. <laughs> we are the champions, my friend. Unfortunately, it, it's completely like our our, uh, our our pressure has done it. We we've caused we've caused them to give in. Uh, well, well, wait. So we are the champions because we put them under pressure. <sighs> yeah, we, we, we caused them to reverse their decision. And needless to say, one million moms who had claimed victory at the time of our last podcast because of the decision Hallmark had made is quite upset that Hallmark reversed that decision. So now Hallmark is once more pure evil and against family, and right. you can't have your children watching these things because that'll corrupt you. And here's the thing: is that it, it was okay. The, the one million moms, the, the the ten moms that make up the one million moms. Put put out, put out put out this one small piece, right? And and yeah, and, yeah. and Hallmark revert Walmart or Hallmark Walmart. This is your fault, Ian. Um, <laughs> but because there was the backlash from the actual millions of people that that started complaining about Hallmark, that's why they that so they they reversed it again. So yeah. it was because of backlash that they went both ways. Right, yep. and and, yeah. the, and obviously the bigger backlash was the people that were pissed at them for doing it in the first place. Yep, and pretty so much. They, and so the ten so, moms that make up one million moms are now upset about that. Yep, yeah. that sounds about right. And they're gonna take their ball and go home. And and let all ten of them do that. <laughs> yep. Actually, I'm I'm finding an interesting statement here. That apparently, which is a quote from the one million moms. Until recently, Hallmark had a good record for keeping their movies and commercials family-friendly. Now, parents can no longer trust Hallmark because Hallmark no longer is allowing parents to be the primary educators when it comes to sex, to sex and sexual morality. This is, this is like okay. The- so, it, uh, well, I, I'm, I guess mm-hmm. my question here is: if you're the primary educator, why aren't you educating them? And why aren't you watch, Why are you letting them watch TV for? Well, okay, that's not quite fair, but I mean, but the the idea that they're going to see something on TV that 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 is going to that is going to counteract the the, the teaching that going that's going on home one commercial is fucking bullshit. Yeah, and yeah. The, and the other problem I have with this is like I I don't want I don't want two men holding hands walking down the sidewalk because if my child sees that I'm going to have to talk to them about gays. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you, you might actually have to have a real conversation with your kid about the way the world works. This is this is and exactly the problem, like us. right? <laughs> yeah. And they might end and up you're gonna have to sit down and have a deep conversation with them and say, uh, sometimes men like other men. Exactly. And right. And then your child the, the 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 very deep and intricate explanation. That cuts into the golfing time. I wind up singing a song like We Are the Champions, written incidentally by a gay man. <laughs> I, I will say that he also wrote Bicycle, which is about him being bi. Yeah. Sickle. Okay. And he also wrote Bohemian Rhapsody, which is about him being just a poor boy. <laughs> and nobody understands him. From a poor family. Because he's just a poor boy. <sighs> <sighs> All right. Quick quick side trip. Uh, I saw something. It was a uh, it was a cartoon. It said, please give Galileo's full name. And it was... Galileo, the answer was Galileo, 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 Figaro, Magnifico. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I found a cool site here recently. 
And so I mean, I like I like this. Um, it says one hum a hundred common myths and misconceptions, and the site. Um, I, I started looking at it, and I, I actually kind of like the way it's laid out. It's got it's got the way that it's kind of tiled, and they're quick, easy little things to um, um, to go through. And I, I, I like them because it, it, a lot of these are misconceptions that I've argued with people about. Yeah, and they're right. Well, here. a few of them I know we've dealt with here on the podcast, even. Yeah. So this sugar. Is a good site. Sugar makes kids hyper. Nope, <laughs> it doesn't. And I've had this argument with so many people. You know, that this idea, oh, they're going to feed a bunch of kid sugar to my kids and get them hyper. No, that's not how it works. They're hyper because, because of the party to begin with. If everything was sugar-free, they would still be hyper. It's not the sugar. Hmm. Um, vitamin C protects against colds. No, it does not. Not even when you superdose it, moron. Hmm. Okay. I like this one about cracking knuckles. Cracking knuckles in good health does not cause arthritis or other issues. That, yep. The cracking sound comes from a gas bubble forming when the joints separate. Yeah. And we don't even but, completely understand the science behind how that works. I, I understand it fine. Basically, we're talking about knuckle farts. I like the, the left brain <laughs> and right brain. The, the left brain right brain. Mental yeah. abilities are not absolutely separated by left brain right brain sides. In fact... One hemisphere is is damaged at an early age. The others take over. I, I like that. I mean, certainly we 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 have seen that maybe and maybe this is in adults that once a part becomes damaged, that they will lose certain functions. Um, but as a child, the, your your brain is much more plast, uh, plastic, 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 and and can reroute around that stuff and and learn that stuff. But in older brains, that not is not always necessarily true. I, but, I have to disagree with you on that, Brian. Uh, my brain has gotten a lot more placid since I was a child. Is it? What is the word that I'm thinking of? Is it, is it plastic? Plastic. It is plastic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yours has gotten more. Placid, yeah. Yeah. I think more, all of us have gotten more placid. <laughs> Vaccines cause autism. Nope. So yeah. No, so I just no, I just like the way that it was laid out. I thought I thought this is a, this is it. It's good little quick references. Um, yeah. And I, but what I don't see is I wish that each one of these was linked to a um, a, a longer article. Yes, that that backed up what they're saying. Yeah, that's that what I was hoping. Nice. When, when I first saw it, I was hoping to be able to link on them. Yeah, but you can't. And so do. that well, is definitely well, a lost opportunity. If if you go onto the um, graphics, they do move. The graphics it, kind of yeah, yeah. They they move slightly if you um, scroll over them, but. Yeah, I, I was hoping for a link as well to a bigger story. So that's that's the I, downside. I, I'm a little disappointed in this one about the five senses. They mention the sight, smell, taste, touch, and hearing, but they also mention balance, acceleration, position, pain, temperature, pressure, and thirst, but they don't mention the sense of irony. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't see what I, the one I don't see on here is that the idea that your tongue has the different receptors in different places for, you know, sour, sweet, and uh, that's very that. that's the very first one. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. I'm sorry, the four taste groups. <laughs> you're right. I missed it. Yeah, but it also consents umami. Yes. Umami. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it, it they're not isolated like we were taught in school when we were kids. Yeah. That's total bullshit. There's quite a few things we were taught that was bullshit. Yeah. Um, huh. I, I, there was Ostriches one. do not stick their heads in the sand to hide from enemies. Exactly. This no, misconception was probably promulgated by Pliny the Elder. Uh, ostriches uh, to hide from enemies render their energy enemies unconscious by by kicking them half to death. Yep. 
an ostrich would. Oh yeah, here's the, yeah. the gum takes o- over a year to digest, and somewhere I saw I heard this says seven years to digest. No. Well, that was from um, what's his name versus the world, Scout Pilgrim versus the world, and uh, that was specifically advanced to seven because the character was oh, the seventh okay. ex- evil ex. So that's why he said seven. That's where the seven comes yeah. from. Because I, I heard that as a kid, too. Oh, it takes for you know, ever did I just, no, it just passes yeah. through. You can pass gum as quickly as you can pass a penny. Yep. Mm-hmm. How do you know? Well, you, you hear the <laughs> penny drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And thank you for the setup on that, because I was trying to figure out how to come up with something. <laughs> ah, all right. So anyway, I, I just thought that was a, a neat little site, yeah. and, and, and it's a good little reference. All right. So th- this is the one that Mac has been waiting for. Mac has put this stuff in here, and we, you know. And, so. uh, we've been waiting for this in sometime last year, yes. Martin Scorsese says, Marvel movies aren't cinema. Let me explain. So yes. set, set this up for me, Mac. All right. So um, if what it boils down to is if you're an older director and you're not you're not doing modern style movies, but you still want people to come see your movies, basically put a stock pot on, add controversy, add controversy, stir. Or or you want me to be a little bit more a little bit more in depth on this particular article? I I think so, because I think that you're being I think you're being flippant with the content. And I I think I am making very good points. Uh, you know, it, it basically Martin Scorsese made a comment about Marvel movies not being cinema. Um, it's possible that the comment was taken out of is taken out of context. That's no, what he's, that's what he's saying in this well, article. He's saying it is. Um, yeah. He's saying that the that it's he said that they're not the movies that he's known and loved all his life. They're more like theme parks. He, right. he, he is saying here that that he doesn't particularly care for them, but he also understands why some people do. But he is he's he is looking at the style of filmmaking that you know that they're doing, and I mean they're using tools that we didn't have in the past. And I mean right. movies yeah. were different. I mean listen, basic. When I look at, when I look at movies. And, and you know, and I look at stuff that Hitchcock did compared to some of the stuff that we see now. That the I I still think that the Hitchcock movies are richer in content a lot of times. Well, that's because the uh, the original um, what it originally comes from is richer in content as well. Well, but and but it's, guess, they also they also work it with the mind, not specifically just with a bang bang. Here we go. Yeah. Right. And, and but also at the same time, audiences were at that time looking for looking more for that type of content. And you know, let's face it, Hitchcock was and still is a freaking genius. Yeah, exactly. Oh, That's yeah. It, that my other point my other point was gonna be that even at in the time, not every director was Hitchcock. Hitchcock was um yeah. was was different. Yeah. Hitchcock was just above but, every Yeah. You also have to look at why he's saying what he said. If you look at the whole thing, he was doing an interview for his um latest movie, The Irishman. Which was from I've not seen it yet, but everything I hear it sounds like it's his standard fare, the same stuff he's been doing for like forever now. Yeah. Um, and he was upset because he had to go through Netflix to get it done. And if you look at his comment, he talks about how well my movies aren't getting the um the um theaters at the screens that I I I I think they deserve to have. He's more or less said that. And it's like you're yeah, even your best movie though has not brought 
in as much money to the movie theaters as these blockbusters are criticizing right now, which is one of the main reasons why you're not going to get the theaters that so, you want because you're not a proven success. And he's saying that's the other way oh, around. Hold that, on, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. He is a proven success. I mean, he, but, let, but not, but not money wise. Well, but that's okay. His, he's a proven success yeah. in awards and um, acclaim, but he's not a proven success in the blockbuster. Because, because here's the thing: is that uh, there is a difference when you're watching a movie in in the effort that it takes to watch it. When you look at something right. that he's made compared to a Marvel movie. And but his po- the point he was trying to make is he actually, if you go through all the interviews he did with this, he was trying to claim that the theaters are giving the blockbusters, the Marvel movies, all the all, all the screens so that his movie know. can't be shown. That, yeah, okay, that's And that's true. the reason why they're blockbusters is because the theaters are willing to give all the screens to them. And it's like, that's not quite how it works. No, <laughs> the reason yeah. the theaters are giving all those screens away is because that's what's making money for the theaters. Right. The theaters are in the business of being in business. Right. And the thing is, someone like him who may be making these brilliant movies, but is not his movies themselves are not what brings in the majority of the money to the production companies, he actually benefits so greatly from the Marvel movies because they're bringing in the money to the production companies, and they say, okay, now that we have all this extra money, we can allow a few more of his kind of films to be made because even if they become a loss or break even or just barely make a profit, it's not going to hurt our bottom line because we have these bigger blockbusters. Yeah. In other words, you do the blockbuster so you can do the, so you can do the love project. Yeah. And, and he, he seems to not have the respect for that. And that's the way you the know, system is. Well, Whether or not I mean, you agree with it, you need to respect it. Here's the, He's embittered. Yeah. He, he is. Yes. He's feeling embittered. Um, and I don't, I, 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 there's a line down here below. He says that that was the key for us. It was an art. There was some debate about that at the time. So we stood up for cinema as an equal to literature or music or dance. And we came to understand that the art could be found in many different places. But he's not recognizing the fact that this is an evolution of the art. Right. It is. You know, we used to do we used to do a certain type of of movie magic. Now we do a totally different type of movie magic than anything Anybody can look like anything. And he gets insulting, though, to me, where he claims that there's no human story in any of them. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Watch Captain America. Watch the Avengers yeah. and see the one scene where the old guy stands up to Loki. That is that humanity. Is, that is powerful. Well, watch, watch Guardians of the Galaxy, and we are Groot. You made me kick grass. <laughs> yeah, that too. But I mean, you know, you you recognize the thing that makes the Marvel movies so big is that they take they take these gigantic characters and then they make them recognizable and human. Yeah. Well, and even that, like I said, the, the one I still the Avengers moment. That's one of those powerful moments in in any of the Marvel mm. movies. You have this simple old man standing up to Loki, ready to die. He, he doesn't care. He's like, no, I'm going to stand up to you. And it's a simple man turned into a hero for that moment. Like, and that is yep. a powerful human moment. That is insane. And power. it didn't even need to be Stan Lee. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I seriously. I mean, it didn't yeah, need no, to be Stan it, it, Lee. It, it, it they could have. They could have easily done that as a Stan Lee yeah, moment. They could have. They chose. They chose an anonymous man who could have been anybody. No, he, he actually was. Rec- I've recognized him from other stuff. Don't, but, but to most people, yeah. it was. It was a completely different thing. It was right. 
oh my gosh, this guy is standing up to this person he knows can just obliterate him in a right. moment. So yeah, don't tell, the that, you know, don't tell me the human condition isn't in these movies. That's one of the things Marvel actually was able to pull off correctly, is showing the human condition within them, making you have, you know, be into these characters and really um, want to watch them succeed because they're showing the, the human moment. And in this is the reason that they're selling now is because the comic, uh, the hero movies before were not selling all that great. Uh, yeah, Superman no. did, but did good, but anything X Men was just or anything. Well, at the, at the beginning, the X -Men, at the beginning, the X Men was fantastic. Well, when but, the first you know, X Men, and then and then X Men three happened. Yes, <laughs> but I'm talking about way back in like the eighties. You did not ah, see yeah. It was until X Men came out in two thousand right. whatever. Uh, no, anyway. well, I mean they they it wasn't until it wasn't until uh the first X Men movie that they actually really kind of got around the camp and they right. found and out that, that they not, could do that. Well Blade did. The the Blade movies did. Yeah, but yeah. Blade yeah. movies aren't really viewed as superhero because of um because well, they're, they're realize, yeah, because he's an anti-hero. Is that what you said? The, the style of hero he yeah. is isn't one people really put. Oh, that's a Marvel superhero. It's like he yeah. is a Marvel superhero, but you don't necessarily view him that way. He's the anti-hero. Well, he's an anti-hero. I mean that I, that's and yeah. he also doesn't have a colorful costume. He doesn't have um, tights. Yeah, no tights. <laughs> no tights. Yeah. But then, of course, after um, Scorsese did that, all well, sorts so of I, other. I, I, I'm here's. I just want to make a few points here. I, he is yeah. he is selling the Marvel movies with short shrift, but he is a different type of filmmaker, and it is a more artistic type of film. It takes more engagement to watch his types of films. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, watching a Marvel movie is easy. I can I can go and I can sit back, I can watch them, and I and I don't have to and I don't have to do as much thinking. If I'm going to watch Scorsese right. or I'm going to watch Hitchcock, I have to be engaged and I have to be I have to pay a lot right. more attention to it. And that's one of oh, the yeah. reasons that these do so well is that they're easy to watch. And he's and I think he misses that as part of the of the cinematic process. Yeah. But then, of course, I, what's going on? So after he did that, you have all these other filmmakers trying to chime in, including Coppola, who I still find to be one of the more ironic ones. Well, he's yeah, Coppola, Coppola thinks that uh, franchise movies are, are bunk. Despite the fact that not only did he do fr a franchise, um, he his uh, most famous prodigy created probably the most famous franchise out there, because George Lucas worked on, I think it was wait, Godfather wait, 2. Wait, he worked Didn't with J.K. Rowling? <laughs> Even you don't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, George Lucas, I believe it was um, Godfather 2 that he worked on. But he yeah. basically, Coppola took George Lucas under his wing and um, you know was a mentor to him. And of course, you know, Star Wars is the biggest franchise movie around. And it, it basically... The Star Wars franchise is exactly what they're complaining about here. Is it bigger well, than the you Marvel know, only, movies? Only, you know, only the canon stuff is the big one. Only the canon stuff. The stuff, <laughs> that, uh, the stuff that happened up to Episode 6. Because anything from Episode 7 on out is not canon. Whatever. <laughs> well, they changed everything when it comes to canon. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But <laughs> that's this a whole different... Canon. Well, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah but, that's yeah, a whole different thing. But, yeah. But, um, 
No, Star Wars is the, um, pretty much the biggest franchise out there right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. While Star, Star Star Wars is a franchise that has that has been in place as a movie franchise for for over forty years and has you know has spawned from a movie into um into well, it's an undeniable media, global phenomenon. Printed media, into graphic TV media. Shows. It has spawned into toys, animated shows. Toothbrushes. Well, first live action series. Disgusting, uh, disgusting candy that looks like Jar Jar's tongue. It's, it's <laughs> found out into everything that you could want and a lot of things you don't. Yeah. Comic books, magazines. Yeah, but it's a global phenomenon that has been in pretty much every medium out there. And, and has a good fight with Star Trek. Yeah, it's still the superior franchise. Not. <laughs> well, if you're looking at the if you're looking at the reboot movies, yes, absolutely. The reboot movies uh, might as well. well have that's to Star another Wars. debate for I, another time. <laughs> I enjoyed the Kelvin movies. I enjoyed the Kelvin movies. Sure, they're just not Star Trek. I mean, they're they're Firefly, but I, I agree. Sure. Well, even Firefly had more story going on than those. A reboot was only a cartoon. Okay, see, the, the, I, I, we could have a whole podcast on this, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you but, just have to remember that that in the Kelvin timeline, if if you have the solution to a problem, then you need to immediately desert your post on the bridge and say, "I can fix that," and run off. Yeah, that was pretty stupid. Mm. Oh. So, anyways, the next so. There's a certain level of irony to Coppola saying that. The next one is even a huge level of irony. Well, wait, what did Coppola it, say exactly? I guess I guess I'm I'm confused. Where 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 why Coppola even got involved? They're despicable. Well, he, uh, he got involved because he's he, his movies are more or less the same kind of stuff as um, Carsese. Yeah, he's yeah, known, you know the same level of movie making, and so he was calling the um, Marvel movies despicable, and you know. I, I can understand his. I can understand his viewpoint. I mean, he had made a beautiful movie in the first Godfather, and then you know when the studio took and made Godfather two in part three, they just ruined his uh, vision. Well, that happens all the time. Yeah. But then he 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 defended um Scorsese in the fact that you know they're not real cinema kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I was no. being ironic by the way because Coppola did all three yeah. of those. Did he not? Yeah. <laughs> what is the, what is the fucking definition of cinema that these guys are working from? <laughs> I just—that's what I'm confused about. It's whatever they do; they don't care about what other people do as being the same thing. Yeah. Well, anything that is not in their specific purview is not yeah. cinema. Well, according to um, Coppola, real cinema brings something—a wonderful gift to society. Well, okay. all of them do. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, well, wait a moment. How do you define that? I, I, I think the um, Marvel movies bring a lot of gifts. I've enjoyed them. You know, I've enjoyed them immensely. They're a lot of fun. I, I enjoy so, them. I mean, I, I, I you know, although I, you know, we can debate about um, uh, human centipede. Oh no, no, no! Don't even go there. Uh, actually, <laughs> you, mean, you mean Sharknado? You, you mean Sharknado? I saw something absolutely hilarious on that. <laughs> Somebody riffed riffed on it and did it in Christmas theme, the human centipede. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen yeah I posted that. Yeah, that was hilarious. All right, but so, so yeah, so it, that it? has a certain level of irony. So too. the this, next one, what is CBR? 
comic book re- comic book okay. resource. Comic- did so, we talk about them last time? Yeah, well, we, no. I don't. We oh, didn't no, talk about them last podcast. week. We didn't podcast. Yeah. We talked about. So the That's Fantastic right. Four director oh, takes aim at Marvel. Who's the Fantastic Four director? Josh Trank. Trank. Josh now his yeah. his Fantastic Four. There were two Fantastic Four movies. Then the reboot. He did the reboot. The reboot that is honestly oh, no. unwatchable. Actually, uh, actually, correction. There were three Fantastic Four. Well, four. The first I one. It. it sucks. The first one was a was a uh, movie made just to continue to hold on to the rights. Yeah. Because something had to be right. made, and, and it was, was awful. That was supposed to be released, but you can find pirated copies of everywhere. But yeah. then there were two two professor made. Personally, the first Fantastic Four movie I will defend as being quite enjoyable. The second it was one, very good. The, the second one, that got one the what? The one that actually got to the theater. Yes, the, the first yeah. one. We're talking um, about the one by Tim Story, yeah. uh, with uh, with uh, Ewan Grufford, Chris Evans, yeah. Jessica Alba, and um, um, Ian. Well, at least Ian. it was better than the Ian other one. He whose name he who's, he who shall not be named. Um, okay. No, the the guy who played uh, Michael Chiklis. Yeah, but anyways, they were. I I thought the first one was very well done. The second one could have been better. It had its flaws, but then they decided to reboot, and the reboot was unwatchable. It was horribly made. There was nothing in it. And well, yeah, but according to Josh Trank, that wasn't his fault. Yeah, he he's been trying to claim he had nothing really? to do with how horrible that movie came out. It's in fact, but this is from CBR. It um, it says Fantastic Four movies, so it's it's CBR slash tag slash Fantastic Four movies. Yeah. Fantastic Four remains the worst superhero film of a decade. Oh God's there, not even there. Yeah, that, that's a hard one to debate. I, but still, he's he's saying he's okay. watching the Irishman. The first five minutes have more humanity and truth and cinema intrigue than the running length of every single Marvel movie combined. Ha 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 ha. Sorry, facts. P.S. Not sorry. What is what is the Irishman? That that's Martin Scorsese's movie. Oh well, that's, so what? But, uh, Apparently, it's forgettable. Opinions are yeah. like assholes. Everybody has one. Yeah, but I, I mean, this is the guy who made a horrible um, comic book movie, and everyone knows it. And it sounds more like he's being bitter in this case. And it's like I'm sorry. Like being bitter. Uh, actually, the every single Marvel movie that you're criticizing there. Is far better than what we've seen you make. So what else has he made? Is is I mean, I mean, let's 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 steal man the guy. What is what has he made? Any? I mean, Uh, I believe he's since the uh, since the Fantastic Four movie. I believe he has made six hundred and fifty four lattes. Uh, six frappuccinos. Okay, 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 okay. Let's let 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 let's steal man the guy. Let let what 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 has he actually done? Let's see. Um. God. He is known for uh, writing of the Kill Point Chronicle, Fantastic Four, Fonzo. I'm sorry, this is, guy, this, this is a guy who has yet to prove himself. He's he, yeah. has, he has he's written he has six director credits. Um, I'm saying only five. And, and one of those is the fan, well, okay, one, two, three, yeah, four, five, twins. six. You know, um, but okay. I, I think we actually give him too little credit because. Um, the Fantastic Four movie that he made pretty much ensured that Fantastic Four would return to Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> going to make a proper Fantastic Four movie. Okay. So I really think we should actually give him some credit for that. Two th- this is this is from 2007. Stabbing yeah. at uh, Leia's 22nd birthday. 
a short, uncredited, and then he wrote a couple episodes of The Killing Point, a TV series. He wrote five episodes there, uh, something called Chronicles, and then he wrote. Oh the yeah, book, Chronicle. And then he, um, Chronicle was a found footage uh, superhero style movie with two, uh, yeah, like two, three, three different people, three different high school kids or young adults that got powers and. Okay. Uh, use them in different ways. So Chronicle was actually a decent movie. Okay, he gets a 7 on IMDb. And then he wrote the Fantastic Four screenplay, which Ian loves. Um, <laughs> and then he wrote uh, Franzo. Yeah. And but that's no, all, that, that's all in all, out. he, he doesn't then, have much, and what he has is not like superly acclaimed or anything. No, he has five um, director credits, and most of the yeah, stuff that he's yeah. written... Right, you know, and, the, and as far as as far as the found footage film, the Chronicle, the found footage film is a, I think that one's kind of a novelty art form, and kind of anybody can throw one together. But so the guy has yet to prove himself. So he, so I mean, take his, so the, we take all this with a grain of salt. You know, we even did a found footage podcast a while back. I'm sorry, when when Scorsese says says something, and when and when um, you know. Coppola says things. It's different. The, these these are brilliant filmmakers. Uh, even even if you don't like their stuff, I'm sorry. They do <clears> some <throat> very cool shit. Uh, do yeah. we like it all? No. But I understand. I understand that that the, that their points are are um they're they're they are giving short shrift to to these uh, to these other movies that they're they're not being fair. I agree. Yeah, but at least they've got some chops to say, yeah, I don't like this. Yeah, this it's guy does not my kind of movie. Okay, so now we go on to uh, Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam. And what is Terry actually what got he done? very specific as to the fact that he hated the Black Panther movie. Yeah, okay. Toilet, okay. So he hated it. Wow, okay. He hated the Black Panther movie, um, commented that he didn't think that anybody involved in the movie did anything more than just figure out what some African <laughs> prints looked like. Despite the yeah, fact that made... the okay, now that's getting a little rough. Yeah, that's that's a bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, he, he made some borderline director, racist comments. The director actually went and spent, um, you know, spent a fair amount of time living with a family in Africa and learning the language before he came back and directed the film. Yeah, and, and why? Well, and he traveled around Africa, and um, the the inspiration for the costuming was from looking at actual African, um. Culture, walking around, associating with them, not just randomly picking up, going in there, being part of it, and seeing what they, they have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, but on the other hand, Gilliam's got a fair amount of reason to be uh, to be kind of embittered by <clears throat> by the studio process anyway, because you know he had the movie "The Man Who Killed Don Quixote" in development hell for eleven or for seventeen years before he finally managed to get the movie put out and released. Yeah, but and well, when there it was got a lot of released. It didn't go into wide release. Yeah, but also, um, well, what did he say that's borderline racist? Um, um black was yeah, something about how the um black um the people shouldn't be looking up to this something like that. It, it was really kind of like wait, what? But yeah, yeah it was, young 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 black children should not be given this as an example of what of what's real. Okay, it's so, it's not an example of what's real to anybody. And yeah. at the same time, if you want to see a hero with your face, see a hero with your face. Right. Well, I, that okay. was the whole point of that was the whole point of the Miles Morales Spider-Man too. 
Well, you know, I would say that these kinds of comments can, you know, can end careers, but Mel Gibson's still working. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. Um, <laughs> recently, um, Gilliam kind of stepped it up a notch and went into a weird rant about um, being about the Me Too movement. movement yeah. And how he is actually a black fe um, female lesbian in transition. What? Because, yeah. yeah. Because why not? He actually, even the way he says, like, because why not? I, I, you know, and he went into this whole thing about the me too, the, the women of the Me Too movement are just playing the victim cards and they just shouldn't have let uh, stuff happen that they're complaining about. And he, he went into a really weird rant because he didn't want to talk about his, the movie itself. The, you know, um, I, 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 I will say this about what he was saying about being in transition. Um, since, he, since he let that slip about being in transition... Uh, as a black female lesbian, he he feels a lot more relevant to me. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. He's got some absolutely genius works out there. I know. He I mean, did that's... Brazil. He did Time Bandits. And, and that's uh, one of the problems. Right. He was uh, uh, going to do Good Omens, but it went into development hell too. Yeah. But there's a whole issue that um, actually we probably should do on a whole different podcast about separating the artist and their attitudes and stuff from the art because people like him, are it's hard to do that with because I admire the stuff he's come out with. Right now, I can't stand the guy. You mean like Mel Gibson? Yeah. We, we, um, we have kind of talked about that a little bit before, like uh, with uh, L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. Uh, was it L. Ron Hubbard? I think it was. L. Ron right? Hubbard, um, Orson Scott Card's a good example. I love his yeah. writing. Um, we talked then, about Orson Scott Card, but you, really, you I, like his writing, but wait, his, his... Orson Scott Card wrote one good book. Actually, the whole series of um, Ender Games. Is really, good. you think so? I thought there. I I I I read the first couple, and I was like, okay. I, I but the first three were good, and after that, he went. I mean, the the direction that he went, uh, I just remember being like, the, the, oh my he, god. Actually, some of his better stuff um, came back when he kind of filled in the gaps because there's one book called Ender's Shadow. Yeah, that, that was good. Okay, Ender Shadow was good. Yeah, but and that, that, that was later. He, he, but especially the Ender books are just brilliant. And I've read some of his other stuff, which is good. Not yeah. at um at the level of Ender's game, but we might disagree on that. No, uh, yeah, but still, um, you know, when he w went extreme, um, into his anti LGBT oh, yeah, well. stuff. But uh, the most recent one is J.K. Rowling's. Yeah, who um had some um anti transgender. Um, issues come up, and how do you know? And she's a huge, and it's like I, I doing. I love the world of Harry Potter, but now, so yeah, th this is a topic we might decide to do for another time because there's so much we could do on that alone. Yeah, but I definitely find it fairly easy to like separate the person's work from the uh, person personally. Like I'm, uh, I like I might not like a person's views or. Uh, whatever. But I can oh, really enjoy, that like, the but okay, you, you know. But then that gets into like, um, do you boycott Chick Fil A? You love the food, but you don't like the views of the people who own the company. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I think we already we already had that big discussion too, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. But but it's definitely something like so. We could probably do a whole podcast on this topic alone. But Gilliam's definitely one who I'm very much not liking the man right now. But I look back at the stuff he's done. And I still love his work. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I'm looking at the pictures in this article here and the, the guys that he's got cast in in uh, in the in the man who killed Don Quixote. This this dark haired actor and this older man, either one of them could be in a big budget film and, and do a really good job. 
I think one. I, I think one thing that uh, we have to work on is uh, just uh, forgive people for being wrong. Yeah, I I always forgive well, people for being wrong. There's, but the, the other side of that is that they have to actually recognize that they were wrong, and a lot of times right. these people do not well, do that. But it also no, goes I, the I other mean, way. forgive them for being wrong, you know, while they're still being wrong. Well, you know, okay. They don't have yeah. to. But it also goes the other gotta... way. <clears throat> Look at the Johnny Depp, Amanda, um, Johnny Depp, Amber, um, hurt head, hurt, yeah, Amber yeah. Heard issue, where one of the reasons the last um, Fantastic Beast movie didn't do as well as it should have was a bunch of people were protesting Johnny Depp because at the time they were listening to um, his ex-wife's side of the story where she was saying she was abused by him and all this other stuff and then the evidence comes out that actually she was the one doing the abuse and um, there's no evidence at all that Johnny Depp did any of it but um, it had already been decided that oh look at um, how horrible Johnny Depp was and You, you well, have to admit, there's a compelling argument in the fact that she's got much nicer breasts than he does. I won't deny that. <laughs> but still, um, the overall thing there is, you know, it, it was hurting his career, hurting, you know, a lot of people said we yeah. can't support him at all because of um, these accusations. Well, and it, so, it also lost him, it lost him playing Captain Jack Sparrow further because mm-hmm. Disney kind of disavowed him. Um, it well, lost more. him. It lost him yeah. jobs. Yeah. So there's an we 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 might actually from sounds that I think everyone would be up for doing a whole podcast on this kind of thing. So yeah. it might be a future topic. Yeah, well, that that would be an argument for like that people really should be able to uh, remove the artist from uh, yeah uh, other stuff they've heard about that artist. Right. Well, right, you, no, can, you can say the same thing about politics, right? I mean, you re- remove their, you know, what, what they do in their personal life from from their positions, you know, from what they actually, you know, legislate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does don't seem to vary quite as much, but you know, there is some of that. And even there, on. you know, there, there are a few actors that I frown on now because of the political stuff. Luckily, stuff like Kid Rock, I never liked his music one bit. So hey, <laughs> him being politically that way, good. Bye. I, I still don't want anything to do with you. But um, trying to think of it just seems like right now with the whole um Trump thing, we've seen a lot of actors come out pro Trump, and it's like okay, I have a lower, I, I I have issues with you now because of that. I am less likely to want to support you. Yeah. So no, we, yeah, we do that. That, that, that doesn't kind of unfair me, to me though. It it makes me when I see somebody come out as as pro Trump. It makes me think that they're either not paying attention or that they're, you know, actually, actually meaning harm toward everybody else in the world. So, so I had, I had, to, I did. I mean, real quick, I, I had, you know, issues with some of my coworkers and and some of the crap that you know be with Trump. And he, the, and he said to me, he says. All I know for sure is that my life is better now, today, than it was when Obama was president. I said, how? He says, my taxes are lower. Nothing else no, did he not. care about, right? The fact that he was paying less taxes is all he cared about. And I think <clears> for a lot of these people, that, that is their bottom line. Is what, is, well, you know, and the thing is, even if he was paying less taxes, it's good, unless he's super rich, it's not really a uh, noticeable amount. Yeah, it, well, it, it, I mean, I'm sorry. It, it is noticeable. I mean— it, it, it we we I mean 
I don't think you have to be super rich to, to see a thousand bucks or something, right? Um, yeah. But that's the, but that's not the point. Even if they're not, his perception is that he's been told right. his taxes are lower, right? It's really hard to actually pin that down when you start doing your taxes because it's so complicated. But going off of dumbass point, yeah, it, it doesn't seem quite fair, but we all do it. I, I, I doubt there's anyone out there who doesn't do it to some level. Listen, mm. and lethal you know, weapon. I, don't know, I, I feel I feel like uh, I couldn't care less what uh, what any uh, artist or author or anybody famous thinks about stuff that uh, like politics or anything like that. I don't even see why that's relevant. Yeah, well, I, I, I I'm not trying to insult you, but I wouldn't be surprised if you if you really looked at it all, you'd find that substance to that. Where you have made that same error. The majority of the population thinks that way. Whether or not they, they they sit back and say I'm going to think that way is different than just I do. Um, you know, I, I I try not to, but I I let it creep in. I admit that. Yeah, I take um, I take your point that we do that. We might be doing it subconsciously, and, and yeah, I think that, that there's some the truth thing. to that. You know, he, he, <laughs> even if you want to say I don't do that, I'd be willing to bet if, anything. I mean, that it's you possible have. that it it's possible that uh, uh, I, like it's somehow like uh, unconsciously affecting me, but. Most of the time, if I feel like uh, some sort of uh, actor or whatever giving any kind of political opinion or anything, I just roll my eyes. So um, Terry Gilliam did make one interesting point in here. He says, he says, what I don't like is that we all have to be superhero, superheroes to do anything worthwhile, which I believe, uh, to me, misses the point of much of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. But, well, you know, but, it's about escape, and he's missing that point, right? Well, he, but also... How many times have the Marvel movies shown that one person at the right moment, let's let's reference the scene Ian was talking about, one person at the right moment will make a difference. And they don't have to be a superhero to stand for what yep. is right. Yeah. You know And it does show that an awful lot in those I, I would I would say that even in most movies, that even if it's not a superhero movie, a lot of times your hero has a superpower. And if you look back at yeah. Ender, it was you know, he was he was super intelligent, right? right? And and was that that was certainly a superpower, and and there's usually something that is special about your about your character in your movie that 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 makes it work, and 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 so in a sense, all movies are about superheroes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and his stuff, uh, you know, um, at the very least, they Baron Munchausen. Yeah. Baron Munchausen is a superhero movie, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, I. It's Terry Gilliam. It was a superhero movie, though. There's no doubt. Even though at the end, oh, it's just him telling stories. It's still a superhero movie. The essence yeah. of what that movie is is a superhero movie. Well, but I mean, yeah, because because we like movies about people that are special. <laughs> They're all yeah. superheroes. I'm sorry, <clears throat> we we just have different names for them. Well, you just even look at Gump. Right. I mean, he Gump. has a special ability to, you know. Get people to like certain things. It was his superpower for sure. Yeah, yeah. That and his his fast legs. His fast legs. Yep. <laughs> run, Forrest, run. Shit happens. Run, Forrest. Yeah. So, um, do we want to jump on to the to the last article? Yeah, let's let's finish it up and be done with it. So, um, you know, we we just went through several examples of how not to how not to um, to jump on the back of a cultural phenomenon. Several examples of how to make yourself look bad jumping into something that's popular. Now, on the other hand, we've got this article from the Audubon site 
where they took the word burb, which is a, a common internet term for cute birds or birds doing something cute, and they did a, they did a a, a comprehensive guide on on when a burb a bird becomes a burb. It's all it's all very tongue in cheek. It's all uh, kind of amusing, but it's a, it says the internet meme has been around for seven years now, so it's high time we establish some ground rules. Um, well, that'll kill it. <laughs> there are certain be- terms that embed yourself into your consciousness, like a woodpecker. Look, a woodpecker's beak in particle. Burb is one of them. Burb is internet is affectionate internet speak for birds. Usually, it's been used to refer to pet birds, but it can also be used to. Um, you know, birds that look fluffy Cute in pictures. Yeah, birds that are kind of round. Or do um, something silly. Yeah. It, it is roughly akin to doggo or snack. Um, doggo or dodge, because there's an E on the end, I don't know. Doggo. Dogie, dogie is also. Uh, dogie is another one of those. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Doggo. Yep. Um, I was looking at the doggy one. But, um, you know, I, I read through this article. I determined then that, so cassowaries are never burbs. Never, never burbs, particularly they're not scary. when they're running at you with their, not when they're running at you with their, with their seven inch claws. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll eviscerate you for fun. Um, rule number one, burbs are often, though not conclusively small. Therefore, adult ostriches are disqualified. Uh, any bird larger than a turkey, warblers, sparrows, flycatchers, other songbirds are almost are the most likely demographic. Um, an ostrich or crane chick is a burb because they start small. Um, rule two: Burbs are often, though not always, round. People regard round animals as cuter. Round objects in general to be more pleasant. I th- and no, I think I would explore that a little bit more. Is that is that true? In, I mean, a rounder people like rounder things. That 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 might be true in. All sorts uh, you of know, I guess it's you could look cute. at it. Um, babies are round, and I'm... they have a quality known as neotenization, which is that they look they look young, so we are automatically drawn to liking them because they look young. Mm, interesting. And that was something from way back when in my anthropology class in college, where he talked about neotenization. Um <clears throat> But yeah, that is a real perception thing. I've I've read about yeah, it before. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. The ra- round things. I mean, they almost they also roll. It's kind of funny when they do. That's you know, I I'm I'm somewhat round. That's why I'm <laughs> so much cuter than Ian and Brian. <laughs> well, I do have a friend who Wait, has Ian's getting pretty me round. as her little round friend. See, um, <laughs> so uh, is, let's is- see. Is it more politically correct to say little round friend than it is to say little brown friend? Little round friend. (laughs) Little round friend is what he said. Um, You know, but basically they also note, though, that when they refer to when when we're referring to birds as burbs, we tend to gloss over some of the uh, some of the the uh, less pleasant aspects of their behavior, like hummingbirds dueling with their beaks, which is a true thing. Uh, Vlad the Impaler tacked antics of strikes, brood parasitism of cu- of cuckoos, and brain eating of great tits. Um, Wait, say that so, again. Wait, say, say that again. Brain eating of great tits. Brain eating of great tits. Did we I, just find our title? I, I think we might have just got our title, and I'd like to put that on a shirt. 
<laughs> so, uh, tips versus boobies. What's your choice? <laughs> well, I'm starting to worry about the tits now because apparently it's a great tit to eat your brains. I like boobies because so. they've got those cute blue feet. Uh, <laughs> I have never used the ver- used used burb. I, I've, I've never. I, I didn't even. This is the first time I've even heard this. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> and and yet Apollo is definitely a burb. Because he is round and he does cute things like lay on his back. Oh yeah, he, he will do that too. Yeah. So he is definitely he would definitely be categorized as a burb. But I think the thing that I love the most about this article is that Audubon is that's the freaking resource for wild birds. That has been you know the Audubon Society has been has been the place to go to. Since James Audubon did his sketches back in the back in the like eighteen hundreds, uh, yeah, and you know the Audubon Society actually they own some really cool properties here in Houston, and and they're like open. This is kind of like park that's open to the public, and it is really a very cool place that um, somebody somebody gave them that, and they they've kept it up really nice. They they do good things. Yeah, you did but say they, Audubon, right? Yeah, Audubon. Audubon. Yeah. Okay, yeah. because my brain. Yeah. My brain made it into Audubon's somehow. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, it's the it's the Audubon Society. They uh, they protect birds and they also let people drive really really fast on German roads. Now the Audubon Society they uh, they they protect the world. They believe that freedom is the right of all sentient beings. But um, anyway, I just love the fact though that they took this and wrote this. This somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but also informative article about the word "burb." So they're basically they're moving with the times. They're they're not saying, "Okay, well, you can't call them. That's not the real word." They're saying, "Okay, well, this is when they're a burb." Cool. They're just getting in on it. <clears throat> I think Ian and I are both in the same position here that we'll probably never use the the burb mean at all. Yeah. Yeah, I may never see it again. But you might use the brain eating of great tits. That I might yeah. use. Yep, yep. That 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 is definitely uh, that's on my list. That, that's perfect. I'm going right draw, draw the pictures. <laughs> okay. Well, I Sorry. think it's time for us to roll out of here. What do you think? Yep. Let's roll on out. I think it's time we transform and roll out. <laughs> and all form the head. Oh no! Sorry, that's <laughs> turbines to power. Yeah. <laughs> Atomic turbines to power. Mm, and a little kid to pilot one of the ones that are not an actual Autobot so that she can be on. Say, say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight. That is another one in the film, Ken. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Cannell. Find more of Peter's music at SoundCloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.